You are now listening to the Holy as Hell podcast. This is a podcast for Black people talking about God and real life and all the others. I'm CG. And I'm DJ. Now let's do this shit. Welcome back to Holy as Hell. Hell, my love. Beep, 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 beep. Here we are, season two, episode three. Damn, Here. episode three. Already. Yikes, we in the show, but it's dope. 2020 has also been three years. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe it'll end at some point. Although I saw a meme today that was like, like October is going 95 in the 50. Yeah, October is flying by. True. Yeah. I think because 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 <laughs> niggas are enjoying October. <laughs> because you know it's like it's like you know for black people it's like homecoming, and the weather's been nice. Um, 2020 was like, nah, we can't have none of that. So we just gonna uh, we gonna we gonna speed this month along. <laughs> you will not enjoy this year," said 2020. But how are, how how is the Sims household? We good, you know. It's been busy and hectic and chaotic, but it's been good though. Good. I'm glad. How was the golden household? The party of one. All good over here. I guess I have a, a mini announcement, but I'll wait until the end of the episode. Uh-oh. Talk about it. Well, I love a good announcement. Yeah, a little something, something. A little something, something? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I support it. Well, as you know, folks, we are um, tackling biblical relationships this season, and we have constantly been looking at and examining, uh, what does the Bible say about relationships? What does the Bible say about, you know, interacting with one another? Mm -hmm. Um, It's been been interesting so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And so today, for our, our uh, case of uh, a biblical relationship, we are examining the relationship of Jonathan and homie David. Uh-oh. Peace. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, with no further ado, good Bible stories. I mean, let's go ahead and jump into it, though. So, I mean, so, I mean, okay, so Jonathan and David really starts in, like, you know, last week we were in the New Testament. We're going back to the Old Testament. So uh, this book starts in First uh, Samuel uh, 18. And it really starts like this. So my homie, Jonathan, my homie David is like, you know, being like, boom, I just killed Goliath. You know, uh-huh. um, that nigga in the head with his glock, his uh, slingshot glock. Uh, and David is like, damn, dad, did you see this nigga? And so um, Jonathan is the son of King Saul, who's the king of everybody. And so that nigga Saul is like, damn, that nigga just shot Goliath. 
And Jonathan's like, boom, I told you. And so uh, King uh, Saul hits uh, David and was like, yo, you hella dope. You want to come to my castle? And David's like, I mean, sure. Like, I just killed that nigga. Like, why not? Like, I pop up. Boom. So, so David pops up. And then Jonathan and David see each other for the first time. And they're like, damn, that nigga hella dope. Like, that nigga just killed a giant and whatnot. And so, boom. So King Saul is like, ah, oh, you my nigga because you just killed, uh, you killed Goliath. And David is like, I know. And Jonathan was like, that's my nigga. And so, you know, boom, they make a covenant. So Jonathan was like, David, you my nigga. And then David was like, you my nigga too. So we homies. And so long story short, Jonathan and David are like, you know, kicking the breeze, chilling, whatnot. David is even like, yo, Jonathan, like you want my, like you want my Gucci belt? And, that, and Jonathan was like, hell yeah, I ain't, I want the Gucci belt my entire life. Like, you know, let me get that. And so David gives Jonathan his Gucci belt, which is, you know, the covenant. And so they kicking it, they chilling, they hanging tough. But then, you know, King Saul sees this shit. He was like, hell no. Like, this nigga, you ain't finna be, you know, you know, like getting more popular than me. I'll be, I beat your ass. And so um, he tries to put some hitters out on David. And Jonathan was like, hold the phone. Like, that's my nigga. Like, you can't be putting hitters out on my nigga like that. Like, I'm not finna tolerate it. Like, that's my homie. And so uh, Jonathan tells that nigga David, like, nigga, like, you, my dad tripping. Like, you need to, you know, you know, shoot the shit. Get out of here. And so David be on the run. And so, you know, Jonathan is, like, talking to his dad, like, what is wrong with you? Like, you tripping. Like, why are you trying to get David? And then King Saul is like, because that nigga trying to be more popular than me and I ain't trying to have it. You know, point blank, period. So, like, we're not going to do that. Then Jonathan was like, all right. So then Jonathan hits up David and it's like, yo, my dad tripping. Like, you need to, like, figure something out because I don't know what's going to happen. And so then Jonathan and David, like, talk. And, you know, they was like, you know, all right, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just want to let you know, like, you're my homeboy. Like, so whatever your daddy do, like, you know, I don't, you know, that ain't your fault. Your daddy a piece of shit, you know. So Dave was like, Jonathan was like, I know. You know, you still my homie, though, and I love you, brother. And Dave was like, I love you, too. So long story short, you know, David and Jonathan was like best friends and shit. And then um, King Saul was like trying to kill David. And then Dave was like, bitch, I kill you. And it's like, you slipped and fell. And so, you know, um, Jonathan and David was like at each other's throats. Um, I mean, Saul and David was at each other's throats. And then, you know, Jonathan was like, but that's my nigga, that's my homie. Like, I'm not gonna have it. And I beat your ass, dad, you know, if you try to, you know, hurt my nigga. And then, you know, they went on until David beat the shit out of Saul and then he won. And then that was it, the end. You lost me at Gucci Bill. I mean, but he did. That's what the Bible said. The Bible literally was like, you know, David had a Gucci belt. That's what he shot Goliath with. He shot him with his Gucci belt. Oh, okay, DJ. <laughs> Thank and you. That's what the slingshot was made. It was made out of Gucci. It was made out. <laughs> and it had all the G's on it. Yeah. He had G's and um, the little cross, the Gucci cross. Not a Gucci cross. And then David, you know, David was like, I beat the shit out of you with my Gucci belt. And then Goliath died. And then. Oh. <laughs>
mean, every time DJ just comes to life. Like I mean, when I read, when I when I read it, that's what I mean. I just read it. I, that's what I. That's what I read. Well, as always, thank you for that hood interpretation of the Bible. I'm sure that so many more people actually understand the story because of your because of the way that you just bring it to life. I mean, I understand it because of the way people ask me. So I mean, I, I, I do. Such a gift. Such a gift. It's the word of God. <laughs> For the people of God. All people of God. Thanks be a God. That's right. <laughs> All right. Sunday school. So as we have stated in most of our previous episodes the bible is pretty juicy um so if you wonder why your grandmother loves her soaps and her bible it's probably because the storylines aren't too far off from each other like the crazy stuff that happens in the soaps they probably got it from reading the bible let's just be honest um there's nothing new under the sun and everything you see on TV probably happened in the Bible first. So the story of Jonathan and David is a bromance of none other. It's one of the few relationships of its type presented in our biblical text. And there are a few things I want to make sure everyone understands first. Jonathan is David's brother-in-law, or I'll reverse that. So David becomes Jonathan's brother-in-law. So David marries Jonathan's sister, Saul's daughter, Michael. Jonathan is also, as the son of Saul, is supposed to be the successor. So he's supposed to be the next king. But right upon meeting, that exchanging of the Gucci belt that kind of foreshadows David taking that place thanks to Samuel and then he's in line to become the next king. Then also as DJ highlighted for us, Jonathan intercedes for David as his father Saul plans to kill him. Like if this ain't a own network series <laughs> it probably is <laughs> so the question is jonathan and david's relationship as the prophets little john usher and ludicrous once asked in their hit song tell me again are we lovers or friends that is the question of Jonathan and David's story. Mm. So, in today's Sunday School lesson, we'll give the answer of it depends. So, the story of Jonathan, David, Saul, the whole saga, um, you can read more about it in First and Second Samuel. But it's Second Samuel chapter 1, verse 26, that is probably the most highly contested verse. And it reads, I grieve for you, my brother Jonathan, 
You are very dear to me. Your love was more wonderful for me than the love of women. And then we have our King James Version. And it reads, I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. A very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. So something sticks out there. This is David telling Jonathan, and I believe this is like their last meeting, that Jonathan's love for David was better than the love of women. And if you keep reading the Bible, you know about David and his women affairs. And so one of the things to remember, friends, is that our Bibles have been translated. So this isn't straight. It's, it wasn't written in English to start off with it. Let's keep that in mind, right? So your Old Testament, Hebrew, New Testament, Greek. And so there are Bible scholars who spend the majority of their careers trying to interpret the text and reinterpret the text, seeing the ways in which it shifts the narrative. And so that word love is ambiguous. There is not a for sure reading of how it translates. So just as, just as in our English language, we have, we can say we love our families, we love our friends, we love our situationships, we love our married partners, we love the people that we cheat with. Where those forms of love are all different, but you may not know that for sure, depending on the context. And so there are two theories in which we can read this relationship between David and Jonathan. So the first one that comes up the most often is that this love that David and Jonathan have for each other is one that's built on loyalty. And so from their first meeting in 1 Samuel 18, the NRSV version says, when David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Love is a word that just comes up in frequent, it's frequent in the way in which they talk about each other or they talk to each other or the writers talk about them in relationships to each other. So I don't know if you saw it, DJ, on TikTok. I, there at one point was this, this trend of um, people's girlfriends recording their boyfriends with their boyfriends. It's really cute because you see like this. <laughs> boyfriends, boyfriends? Yeah. So you see like male bonding, male relationships kind of like come to life in ways in which we don't often see them. Mm-hmm. Like you and your guy friends, like just being really soft with each other or um, doing something that fights the the hyper masculine narrative ways in which you um interact with your male friends 
So that's yeah. kind of like the sense of where this theory comes from. They're just really cool. They're just really close. They got each other's back, right? And then to extend that, I'll call this one theory 1A. So it takes it a step further. So something else to notice in the text is that everybody loves David. Right. So Saul right. in the beginning loved David. Michael loves David. Jonathan loves David. Um, so going back to how our Bible literally reads, like the soaps, um, some of our Bible scholars believe that the love that Saul has, that Jonathan has, and that Michael has for David sets David up as the hero of the story and eventually the foil of Saul. Because another thing to notice is that as David starts to rise, Saul starts to fall. Right. And it doesn't get any worse than your own family deciding to love the person you eventually hate. And that's like a classic TV storyline. Everybody rallies around your enemy and you're like, but wait, we family. And they like, yeah, but we love them more. So we have theory one, and then theory two takes us in a different direction. So as we talked about in our Ruthie with the Walk episode, there's plenty of sexual innuendo in the Bible. It's all up and through there. So once upon a time on the podcast, we talked about this word hermeneutic. And essentially what it means is that there is this way of reading and interpreting the Bible often related to one's identity or concern. So for example, DJ's take on the Bible, Hood Bible Stories, could be considered a hermeneutic because he's interpreting it in a way that makes it make sense to him and to his person and to his culture and to our, our culture. And so we have Black biblical hermeneutics, feminist hermeneutics, womanist hermeneutics. And I'm actually in a class right now that examines a poverty hermeneutic. And so we're, we're reading the Bible with a, a close eye to how poverty is examined and mentioned. Well, for this story in particular, a queer biblical hermeneutic is one that seeks to examine and expand the text to dissenter heteronormativity or the assumption that everyone and everything is hetero in this world, in the biblical world. And so if we were to examine the text using our queer biblical hermeneutic, then the story of Jonathan and David could also be one that is of romantic love and reverence. And so all of their secret meetings, their, um, their outbursts of love for one another, that could have been romantic, right? Um, which then also adds to the drama of the story because now Michael has a brother and her husband that have a thing for each other. And then, you know, later on in the text, um, Michael and David 
don't get along and she gets mad at David because he decides to dance with his clothes off. Mm-hmm. So there could be a connection there, you know, but we don't know for sure, right? Because we'll never be able to get into the head of the original author of the story, but we can give light to both ways of reading the text. And before y'all say something about Jonathan and David potentially being lovers, please be sure to go back to our episode on Leviticus because that's probably where your argument's going to start. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. There we go. And then you can add us in DMs, and we can have a, a nice conversation about it. So that's all I have for Sunday school. It's just another example of how, how many different ways we can read the text and how we can justify those readings. So Jonathan and David, lovers or friends, you choose. I mean, I, I mean, personally, I don't think that they were lovers. I think the problem is we see an intense type of love between two male protagonists Mm-hmm. And we equate that to a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think that we, I think we're, tr- I think we're trying to make them some, make their relationship something that, that it's not. Yeah. In honesty. I don't think that, uh, I, th- I think like you said, it's, it's like a, it's like a really, it's a hermeneutical problem. So people are reading themselves into the text rather than reading what the text says. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing the Bible doesn't have to do, the Bible doesn't shy away from complex issues. Like, <laughs> I mean, the Bible doesn't try to hide like, like people being like, like engaging in homosexual or like sex or like engaging in like conflict with each other. Like it's pretty clear. And so I don't think that David and Jonathan, I think, I, I think the problem is, I think it's misogyny hmm. that we don't, we aren't used to seeing men love each other. Yeah. And that when men love each other, it doesn't have to be, or isn't, doesn't have to be um, a romantic way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's I think that's a society. I think that's a problem with misogyny is that men engaging. I mean, Jonathan and David's relationship where we find where we see a really clear example of men having a relationship like last year. We, you know, we talked about the relationship between Naomi and Ruth, mm-hmm. you know, and we're really clear about seeing women express love for one another. Mm-hmm. But in the Bible, where do we really see men? show love for one another mm-hmm. um, in a way that doesn't have to be romantic. Yeah. And I think that we have to challenge ourselves to say, was it a ro- romantic relationship or, or is it just a problem with us, with society expressing a relationship with men who love each other and mm-hmm. being able to express that? Yeah. I think there's definitely room for that conversation too. So I think it, it's also that then questions what heteronormativity is too of if 
they're interacting in this way with each other, then what does that mean? So I love how you bring that up. Yeah, I firmly, yeah. That's what stuck out to me when I read this. It was like, hey, like what does this mean? Who are these Negroes? Mm -hmm. Do these Negroes love each other and whatnot, X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Raquel's boyfriend has boyfriend. You said Raquel's boyfriend has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Michael, 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 not Raquel. Michael in the text. In the text. Ah, you're right. I mean, forget her name was 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 Michael. And she loved that nigga David though. She did until he danced with his clothes off. David was trifling though. We gonna get to that later, but I mean, yeah, I thought it was. I, I I think I think it's so important to talk about this book though. I think it's because so many people just are confused. Uh, David and David and Jonathan relationship is used to excite them to to think about a movement, which is important. But we also have to be careful of not trying to make something. Um, Something that's not, and I'm just not necessarily certain that David and Jonathan were the same sex relationship. I'm just not certain of that. Yeah. I'm just not, not to say it couldn't be, but I also want to honor the fact that it could be society trying to make Jonathan and David a catalyst for something that's not. I think that's the, I I think for me, that's the critical reading of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just important to recognize that you can read it either or. Yeah, it definitely could be. Of like what you're saying. Yeah, David could have definitely been busting prostates, definitely. (laughs) And 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 I think it's important to mention that this what that like relationships like that were happening during this time period. Mm -hmm. We like to think of. No, um, same-sex relationships as a as a millennial context, but that relationships like that were happening have been happening since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. You know, we know they were happening in Greece. We know, you know, we know they were happening in in, in the ancient Near East. So it's not impossible mm-hmm. um, that relationships between men between women we're happening and we're existing and and we're not ridiculed but it goes back to what we talked about in leviticus was that the point was that people that the point to procreate was the point of the text Mm -hmm. to be able to birth children and in order to do that that only (laughs) we're not an age of 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 artificial insemination or or even child adoption. We're in an age of you need to be able to bear children. Right. In any relationship that is not geared toward bearing children is not a relationship that is that is edifying the covenant between God and Abraham of many nations. Mm-hmm. And so I th- and so a critical reading is looking at the book in conjunction with the totality of the other books. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bible scholar. I'm not a Bible scholar. You know, I'm a thug. (laughs) 
I'm a trap theologian. That's what I do. Trap theologians. Well, friends, here we are. A story about love, about brotherhood, about power, and possibly romance. And possibly booty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the trap theologian himself. Um, so take some time to read the story. Read David's story. And you'll get the, the glimpses of Jonathan. <laughs> and yep. to us and tell us, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I'd love to hear what y'all think. Yeah, definitely hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, IG, all that shit. Let us know what you think. Yep. All right, let's take a break. Time for our church announcements. So welcome, you saints, you ain'ts, you ratchet, you righteous, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you saved, you secular. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Everybody in between the holiest hell church welcomes you as you are. So come in, sit down, stay a while, hang out with us as we we laugh and talk about the scripture and get into it. And DJ, what you got for announcements? Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so to start, um, we'll start with um, events. Um, so this week, um, one of the deacons of the Black Church, Black culture um, announced, or actually maybe he was ambushed is the correct word, um, that he had actually been in cahoots with the Trump administration on a plan for Black America called the Platinum Plan. I'm just saying what he said. The Platinum Plan, which supports Black America. from everything from voting rights to education to, to to incarceration, everything. Um, he received a lot of feedback um, from social media. As you can imagine um, the rapper formerly known as Ice Cube, currently known as Crushed Ice. Huh? Um, <laughs> Crushed Ice. A lot of feedback from his former fans, um, all the fans of Friday, one, two, and three, um, asked why the fuck are you the person to speak on our behalf? Um, D.L. Hughley had a beautiful rant. Um, I'll allow you to view that video. about why Ice Cube should have kept his fucking mouth closed. Um, yeah, black people are livid. Um, I think it's odd that you know the the Trump administration doesn't work with you know black activists or black scholars, um, but consistently finds black men who are in entertainment to align with and who represent the vision for Black America. Mm -hmm. You know, people that like 
Steve Harvey and Kanye West, Ice Cube. Um, you don't see any black women who are like, well, besides Silk and Diamond, you know. And Candace Owens, so we, we know. Who are saying, you know, like, yeah, you know, Donald Trump is the way, the truth, and the light. Um, it's just, it's, 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 it's very disheartening, traumatizing. Yeah. You know, it reminds me <laughs> of church trustee boards, which are already a thing in themselves, right? Especially the ones that attempt to govern themselves, not according to the rules set forth by whatever the constitution is or whatever the governing documents are of the church. But Brother Jackson, Trustee Jackson, it's like he, he got on a committee by himself, typed up his little plan, and took it to the powers that be without actually allowing the church to vote on them. Without actually allowing the church to vote on him. He needs his ass beat, if you ask me. I feel like most Black people support Trump actually just need an asshole. Yeah, or like a, a good stern talking to him. Mm, no, they need physical violence oh. because <laughs> um, I know a few of them, and let me make it more. I, you know, I support people's right to choose. You know, that's the thing about our country is we allow people to decide how they want to engage, mm-hmm. and I don't want to you know take that away from people. However, I do not want to enable stupidity, and so. This is true. Stupidity is different today because people, I think what it is, is people have access. People can choose what information they want to believe versus in receiving all the information and making an informed judgment. Nowadays, people are able to block receiving certain information. Right. And call themselves experts. And mm-hmm. with Trump, that's the case. You know, Trump is outright lying about the coronavirus saying, you know, he ha- he was a cure and he has good blood and... He feels better than ever. Yeah, it's it's problematic when the people who in your party are dying because of it. So, I mean, I, I think he needs his ass beat. I would actually pray that y'all have a bail fund ready. If I ever had the privilege to meet Donald Trump, I would beat the fuck out of him. Um, I'm pretty sure I would. Like, I would snatch his baying. <laughs> not the bang yeah the bang <laughs> um i beat the fuck out of him and i would enjoy it like i would deeply enjoy it yeah i would so did you see vernon jones crowd surfing i i just saw i just saw that Oh my God. Ice Cube, bro, Daniel Jones. Daniel Cameron. <laughs> it's, it's really a problem. So I, I really need the black men to get it together. Um, y'all making us look bad. And as somebody who doesn't look bad often, y'all are making me look bad. Um, so yep, so that's our coon of the week. Um, <laughs> the fact that it is a category now. I 
think we may have to make it a category. Noted. Um, recorded. As, you said what? Said noted and recorded. The church. <laughs> as far as upcoming events, um, it is um, early voting in many states. Mm -hmm. So many states have begun early voting. Um, lions are out of the door around the corner in the building. Um, very similar to when Popeye's first released their chicken sandwiches. So, you know, that's a good thing. Which Popeye's you go to? Uh, I used to go to the one in uh, Southwest Atlanta, but now I go be in Decatur. <laughs> you go to the uppity Popeye's. I go to the I go to the upper epsilon <laughs> Popeye's. But seriously, y'all, um, if you have not voted already, please, please, please make a plan to do so and then go get it done and check with your employer. Um, have a coworker say that you're at work when you're really actually voting. They probably don't even know it because you might be working at home. So take your computer with you. Please go vote early. Um, in some ways, you know, in many ways, we were able to petition our boss to get off for voting. They gave us the entire day. Well, because I'm doing some organized, I wasn't gonna be there. No way, they ain't know that. But I wasn't gonna be there. No way. But um, vote early, vote absentee, and then you know if you have election day off, drop some, you know, drop some folks to the polls. Right, right, right. Call your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Have you voted yet? Nigga, have you voted? <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, they say no, cuss the ass out and get to it. I love, love, love our people so much. <laughs> get your booty to the pole. So many <laughs> ways. Get your booty to the pole. Get your booty to the pole. Get your booty to the pole. Did you see the the strippers campaign? That's the one, that's to get the get your booty to the pole. So that one. Souls to the polls. And then niggas was mad talking about we don't need uh strippers to tell us to get to the polls and um, somewhere in America. Somewhere. That was a nigga. Valley, you know what? Life. I see ass and I see poll. I'm gonna go register to vote. Because they said so. Because they said it. So yeah. don't you have, don't 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 dismiss what God, what God will use for that. What the devil we use for bad, God used for good. Mm. Well, also, uh, souls to the poles, strolls to the poles. Oh, yeah. Bowls to the poles. Go and vote for Jesus. I, I, I. When you're dirty, wine down. Go and vote for Jesus. So you gotta know. <laughs> I think that's all. Um, virtual homecoming. Yeah, we want to lift up all of our um, HBCU grads. Yeah. We see you. We know that you want to be drinking on someone's yard and 
you know, maybe get into a little homecoming entanglement. Mm. Um, I pray the spirit of entanglement on you right now. And I feel for you. <laughs> Let that go for the culture. All right. So that's it for church announcements. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll pop back in with um and wrap up the show. Welcome, welcome back, church members. We are here to wrap up the show. Um, so as always, we would love to stay in touch. So please be sure that you are following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and email us if you have questions, comments, feedback. Um, like, subscribe, give us a review. We really do listen to those. We always want to make the show better, um, more accessible for folks. So, you know, let us and know. And even if you just want to talk shit, if you want to be like, hey, DJ, you full of shit. I think that Jonathan and David were banging cheeks. Or, you know, I think that Jonathan and David would have beat that nigga at Saul ass. You know, I want to hear y'all thoughts. I want to hear what you think. Because the Bible is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. That is. So talk to that shit when you read it. Hell yeah. Krista, what you learned this week? So this week I learned, or I was reminded that God will make room for all of our gifts. That is all of my gifts as an individual, and all of our gifts as a community. So I had multiple moments this week where, you know, because I, I tend to want to do a lot of different things all at the same time. And I often stress myself out about what gets done and what doesn't get done. And the revelation is that we don't have to do all the things at once. I think our extrinsic or extrinsic, what can I talk today? Culture sometimes tells us that we have to have multiple businesses up and running at the same time. That we have to study this, that, and the other. Um, That we have to place ourselves in so many boxes. And I think that is all possible. But I also think that working on things one at a time is also really helpful. And can those things one at a time can like be stepping stones to whatever comes next. So for my entrepreneurs that have all the ideas, um, 
to my people that have books to be written, but also have great full-time job opportunities, um, have families to take care of. Like you can, there's room for all the things that you believe God has called you to. So just stay focused, stay patient, start with one thing and do that one thing well and see how God elevates you to the next thing, the next level. That's it for me. DJ, what you got? I think this week I learned to be adaptable, but firm. Like, um, sometimes in life you're called to speak up. That silence is complicitness and you can't just say, sometimes you can't say, you can't just be like, all right, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Um, you have a mouth for a reason. <laughs> and sometimes you gotta use it. And there are sometimes where you can't just go along to get along. You gotta speak up. And um, sometimes it's, it does cost us, but nothing, you know, nothing ever changed by people being quiet about it. So mm-hmm. I think I've learned that a lot where I've had to be I've had I've had to use the gifts that I've been given to explain situations beyond what people can see. It's like, hey, this isn't the reason people do this, and we can't just be okay about it. In case in point, um, in a place that's near and dear to my heart, a lot of homeless people live out there. And so instead of trying to address the problem of homelessness effectively, um, they decided to build bars outside of their establishment to build, to prevent homeless people from sleeping there. When you could easily take that money and build something sustainable or even donate it to an organization that could do, you know, use a resource for insurmountable homeless work. And I couldn't be quiet about it. It would have been really comfortable to be, but I was like, that just isn't right. Like, it's just not. It's not the right thing to do. Um, it's lazy. And this is a place that prides itself on being like socially active. Like, you know, it's not the right thing to do. And so sometimes you gotta speak up. You gotta speak up when you're alone. You gotta speak up when you're on an island. You gotta speak up when you're the only one who sees like the missing piece. And you gotta be okay with that. And sometimes that's your, that's your mountain to die on. You gotta just, you gotta be okay with that. And so I learned that because I find myself on that island alone a lot. So learning not to be quiet about it, but to speak it up. It's okay. And I learned that shit this week. Well, praise be to the King of Kings. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that is the end of oh my announcement okay um so because i keep finding things for myself to do 
and pandemic life, pandemic living, I saw that FedEx and Marine with a local branch of Planned Parenthood is planning this thing called Sex Talks. So they're TED Talks that are focused on sexual health, sexuality, and all things related to disciplines in regards to sex. And so I submitted an idea and I was accepted. And so we'll premiere on October 29th and I right now in my planning I think my talk is going to be called what should the church do about walk wow yes I'm really excited that's it that's hella exciting go off Nika we should have taken a shot we should have next time next time what should the church do about what yes friends so I will post about it somewhere and if you see it watch it and then I can actually in real life say thank you for coming to my TED talk Uh, we want to thank you all once again for tuning in to Holy as Hell the podcast for niggas who talk about God faith and black folk um, and who will beat your ass. Yeah, um, especially if you're the president. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> especially if you live on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, but like I said, we want continue to engage with us, follow us. Um, if you like what you heard today, you know, always like, subscribe, share. Um, you can follow us at uh, Holy as Hell. Pod on Twitter, Holy Sale Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can reach us by email at askholyshell at gmail.com where we continue this conversation through uh, email. So on the next episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about Hosea and his wife. So go ahead. Hosea and that hope. Sorry. Oh, Yes. So go ahead and get a head start. Read the book for us and then we'll be back next time to break it down and talk about their relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. And as always, stay on top. Keep it popping. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Peace.